Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, confidence, clarity, and mindset coach for new and aspiring entrepreneurs. This podcast is for women ready to leave nine to five behind and become the CEO of their own life and business. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with successful entrepreneurs who share their expert mindset and business secrets to help you cut through the overwhelm and take the steps to become the entrepreneur you were meant to be. This is where you connect to the life and business that is perfect for you and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I am so excited that you're here today, and I can't wait to introduce you to Helen Munshi. She's a business and content strategist with the Startup Studio. So hi, Helen. Hi. Hi, everyone. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So so tell us a little bit about you, because you are like us used to work the corporate world, became an entrepreneur, and now you actually help entrepreneurs with their business strategy and content creation and really uh, connecting to their ideal clients. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I started in the corporate world. And to be honest, I never, people always say, you know, I I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I kind of grew up, you know, selling penny sweets at school and stuff. For me, it was, it was never really like that. I, I sort of, I guess kind of stumbled, although when I look back, there's a bit of an obvious path, which is kind of, it's sort of always the way, isn't it? But I started in the corporate world. Um, so I did, I did economics at university. Uh, I went and started doing um, consulting. So did strategy consulting, which is sort of my first little introduction to my slight geek topic, which is all around kind of strategy and numbers and sort of really figuring out how to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Um, but I, I didn't feel very passionate about what I did. Um, I used to introduce myself as saying, well, you know, if you're saying, what do you do? And I say, well, I, I've sold my soul and I work for, which for me is never like a good sign that you're in the right job. So I always knew that my time in corporate was going to be quite limited. Um, so I actually moved from corporate after just sort of three, four years there into charity work, which I just absolutely adored. So I worked for um, the UK's kind of leading youth charity, um, they say youth, I was actually working with 18 to 30-year-olds. I don't know whether people count that as um, as young or not, I'm not sure. But I was basically working with them on starting businesses. So this is where my kind of real passion started. Um, so I would work with them and sort of deliver training courses all about kind of how to be an entrepreneur. Um, I would work with them, sort of coaching them, mentoring them, helping them write business plans, helping them kind of step into that role of being a business owner. Um, and I just fell in love with it, if I'm honest. It just it brought everything together. Um, it brought kind of the creativity, the strategy, everything I love um, I could do in in this. So I basically decided, I did that for about six years and I decided that was about the right time for me to step out and do my own business. Um, so I left and I went freelance for sort of, I always forget my time scale, it's probably about three years freelancing while I set up a property business. So I run a second business on on the side. Um, and so I do that, which I just, I just adore. It's just really, um, practical yet creative, which is like me in a nutshell, basically. Um, 
So I do that. And then I also do the startup studio. And I've also started a new venture with um, another female entrepreneur that I met in one of these kind of groups um, uh, doing uh, kind of growth strategies. So at the Intentional Growth Academy, which is just, yeah, it's brilliant. It's lovely to work with people again as well. Um, but I did realize when I left, now I think if I ever think about going back into employment, I don't think, I think that door is shut for me now. I can't imagine ever being an employee again. And um, yeah, I don't think it works for me. And I, I just love, I just love the fact that when I run my own business, yes, it's busy, it's overwhelming, it's a roller coaster, but I never get bored, which I just love. You know, I get bored quite easily. So this just suits me so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go back to feeling kind of trapped and can't no. creativity and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I love helping other entrepreneurs to be able to run their own businesses because it's just so freeing and it's not for me it's not about sitting on a beach you know I'm burning like five seconds it's never going to be about <laughs> sitting on a beach for me um it's about giving people the ability just to choose what they want to do so you know the time you know where they are but also just like so many people leave the workplace especially women you know they leave the workplace sometimes you know, they've had children or whatever it is and they they feel like they've got this potential and they do they have so many skills and potential but it can be it can be lost quite easily mm-hmm. and actually starting your own business um is a way to really just make sure that you know they're just fulfilling their p- potential which you know I like to be part of that that's really yeah you do you do help I mean I worked with you now for like a year right or something like that is it about that yeah um <laughs> You really quick. do. You help. You like I, uh, my my tagline for is like live life your own way, because yeah, that's, that's that. what it is. It's like a freeing. I get to do it my way. I get to do what I want to do. I and uh, who was it recently? It's a, there's a quote about how you know the best personal growth is become an entrepreneur. <laughs> it does throw you massively at the deep end. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah, yeah, and I was never really into. Um, like mindset or personal development that much before I became like an entrepreneur. And even for the first few years of sort of running businesses and freelancing, I was never really understood the power of it. But now I just, I'm I'm sold. Like I totally understand the role it has and how important it is. Yeah, because we're never taught it. Like there's no, never, you're never taught. I mean, it's in a way like to be selfish or get to know yourself. We never taught it, learned it in high school, college, corporate world I didn't even realize how bad my thinking was until I became an entrepreneur and I'm like man am I negative (laughs) but that's because when you're working for other people they they almost do the thinking for you like you you don't have to worry like why am I doing this why am I spending my time am I making the best use of my time because you get a paycheck the work is there you know you're giving your priorities and stuff so it's um yeah yeah, it's because you know you do your own thinking now you are your own person Yes. And I like being my own person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I might be a little bit too much on the, I like being my own person, leave me alone. <laughs> yes, I know. I think you can definitely tell when you meet people, the ones who are running their own thing or doing it, like calling the shots almost. Um, there's a certain like air about them almost. Slightly rebel, I always think. Yep. A little bit of a risk taker. Yeah. I'll figure yeah. it out along the way. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us how, so you told us how you really got into the business strategist part. I think it's funny. You, you're the geeky part. <laughs> that's yeah, what the strategy is. <laughs> it's true. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, that's honestly, especially for creative entrepreneurs, the strategy part is really hard. 
that's yeah. hard for me. And I used to love Excel spreadsheets, but now I'm so into the creation part that the strategy part I struggle with. I struggle with the connection of, you know, what I need to do next. What are the yeah. launching something is so hard for me because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just want to talk to people. I just want to help them. I don't want to do all this stuff. I know. And to be honest, I think I, I struggle sometimes with my own strategy because I think sometimes you're just too close to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like they say builders have the worst houses <laughs> like, because they just, you know, it's hard to sort of sometimes see what needs to be done and sort of, yeah, just do your day job in your own business sometimes is quite tricky. Yeah, I that was one of the things I struggled with becoming a coach because I needed a coach and I'm like, I shouldn't need a yeah. coach. I'm a coach, but I really, every coach needs their own coach because yes. you you're busy focusing on everybody else and helping them get out of their own way that you can't get out of your own way yeah yeah exactly yeah so true yeah so you are a whiz a guru at content creation (laughs) and and there's a you know and so for those of you I feel like I need to make a glossary especially for the aspiring entrepreneurs of the new entrepreneurs because there's a new language when it comes to entrepreneur like I mean to a launch an opt-in a lead magnet (laughs) yeah content means so much it's not yeah. just a blog post. Um, so tell us a little bit about when you when you talk content with somebody, what you're really referring to and why it's so important for a new entrepreneur to understand content. Yeah. For me, everything in business, any success you have, you know, any sales, literally anything, any way you represent yourself out in the world starts with content. Everything in your business starts with content because if it's not – if it's just something in your head and it's a vision and it's a goal or whatever and you don't actually put it out, then, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. So for me, content is a way that you take what's in your head and you get it out into the world um, in a way that, you know, you're proud of, that your customers love, that they buy from. So it's, it's that mechanism. It's the way that you use to the value that you know you have as an entrepreneur. So, you know, it is more than just, you know, there's lots of different forms. You know, you've got blog posts, you've got vlogs, you've got videos, you've got um you know instagram tv you've got facebook lives you've got facebook posts you've got um so i say podcasts you've got web content you've got sales pages you've got lead pages you've got opt-in pages you've got free it is literally oh gosh i mean i could go on and on it's it is overwhelming sometimes how much there is and that's why you have to be very kind of focused and targeted with what you're producing so you're not recreating everything every single time and you're also not trying to be everything to everyone on every single different platform um, so Although the list is long, it's basically just to say it covers and anything you do in your business basically starts with content. It is essentially what we're what we're saying. And for me, my big mission um, is to really make people uh, it's what I say I want to become a value contributor, not a noise creator. So mm-hmm. that the online world is just such a noisy, noisy place. And I want if I can work with people and help them to put out content that they're proud of, but actually genuinely adds value. So it's not um, it's not like a puff piece. It's not just sort of taking up space on the internet for the sake of it, but has an actual purpose and a goal behind it and, and results and you know gets you where you want to be. Then that's like a good day for me. That's that's what I really want to work on. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because nowadays with social media, there's and Pinterest and everything. There's a lot of content out there, and if you're not speaking to a specific person and your content doesn't have a purpose to help that person it gets lost and this is what I I learned that the hard way I love my blog but half of my blog posts don't 
they're 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 not going to stand out in the noise. Yeah, and, and and it's it's something that everyone does and goes through, and that's why you know, any coach you talk to, any any strategist, any mentor, like anyone who's been in business for a while, will tell you you have to niche down because that's that's how you start giving power to your content because you give it like a framework and a topic. Um, because if I'm talking about, you know, if I just did business strategy, then I would be talking, you know, in a in three months worth of blog posts, I would probably do one blog on every single topic. You know, Pinterest, my Instagram, my Facebook. It might be something on content, SEO, bit of mindset. You know, I could cover off some finance stuff, some pricing, some service definition. Like literally, I could come up with one blog post on every. But you just don't get known for anything. Yeah. So that's why um, you have to really as painful as it often is because we just want to you know often we just want to sort of do everything that's in our mind all at once you, you have to niche down um or niche i think we say in the u.s niche niche <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and talk about that for a minute because that's so important to content anything any basically you moving forward as an entrepreneur is you know you can't help everybody you you, can, yeah. you can't you you'll help nobody by trying to help yeah. everybody um so talk about like how do they even figure out what their niche is yeah so I mean there's there's loads of different ways you can do it for me figuring out like the perfect business idea um and sort of your niche like sort of is part of that obviously is about figuring out what your skills are what you're interested in and sort of what you're passionate about and what your what your clients might want and there's like a perfect, you've got these three little areas or big areas, and there's like a perfect overlap in the middle of all of those, which is where your niche is. So, you know, you, you have to be skilled in what you're going to do because you're going to charge money for it and you need to be able to talk about what you're going to do and you have to help your clients and add value in what you're doing. You have to be interested and passionate about it. I mean, you know, running a business, it just consumes you. So if you're doing it on a topic that you're not particularly interested in, I don't know how you even do that. How do you stay motivated? How do you not burn out? And the money won't cover that emotion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Money never covers for anything, you know. So so you have to have that kind of interest. Passion's quite a strong word. I think sometimes people feel that it has to be something that they've known since the day they were born kind of thing. That's not necessarily what I mean. Passions can change and your business will change and your niche will change over time as you change and your target market that you're you kind of grow together and so your business will, will kind of change That's So it doesn't have to be something that's so inside you that you can't even contain it. Otherwise it's just going to kind of burst out. You know, you just have to be interested in it and, and not mind talking about it day in, day out. Um, and then, you know, you can have all of that, but then if it's something that your people in the market, like potential clients just aren't interested in or aren't willing to pay for, then it's, you know, it's, it's dead in the water. So it's got to be the perfect mix of those kind of three. So I like to think when I'm thinking, oh, you know, helping clients figure out their niche, I always start with, you know, what do people come to you for? Like, what are, what are you known for? Like, what's the advice people always want from you? You know, are they always asking you questions on, I don't know, like fashion? Or are they always coming to you to be like a really good listening person? Do they always come to you when they're trying to like plan a holiday? Like, do you always end up chatting travel? Like, what is it that you talk about a lot? Yeah. Um, and that's always a really good, like, point to in a good direction, I always think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. What, what problem are you really solving that they're yeah. going, Oh, she knows what she's talking about. And that for me, even for me takes, took time. I had a kind oh, of yeah. talked very vague terms until I realized, well, the clients that were finding me 
they all had something in common. They were all me. They actually were a former version of me from years ago who was stuck yeah. nine to five, didn't want to do it anymore, was ready to focus on what I wanted to do. And they were mm-hmm. in that, in the middle. Maybe they dabbled a little bit in starting an entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneur, but they needed the mindset to get fully into it as a full-time business. But that took me being very, like, I, I tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, it, think, you, I think you have to. Yeah, yeah, you only get clarity when you take action. I don't know if it's Tony. If someone, someone very clever says, I don't know, Tony Robbins or someone says, you, you know, you, the human mind is not programmed to be able to anticipate how you feel in situations. Like, you just can't figure out how you're going to feel. So you have to take an action, feel how you feel, and then make an adjustment. That's the only way. I mean, I started out, um, so when I switched from freelance into running my own, like, brand, if you like, so the startup studio, um, Loads of people were telling me, you know, you're so good with the numbers, Helen. You know, you're so good with like finance, and you know, I've taught cash flows and pricing and all this kind of stuff for years and years in my old job, um, and I've written business plans and them all in and stuff like that. So I, I just, I started going down that route. You know, I created this cash is king course and like all this stuff. And actually, do you know what? I, it just never really saw the light of day because yes, I was skilled in it. Yes, there was a need for it, but I was missing the interest. I just couldn't bring myself to talk about pricing cost-based pricing and cash flows you know every day in day in day out um so you know you go back to the drawing board you start again and it's it's a process you know it's a painful sometimes quite messy process but it's it's necessary yeah and that's when you can't you can't be a perfectionist you have to just go out and take action yeah figure it out I mean how many of us I mean we can all every entrepreneur can raise their hand going how many times have you launched a course and nobody bought it Yeah. All of us, all of us have been there, done that. It's going to happen, but you actually learn from it. It's not actually yes. failure. It's just, okay, I'm not speaking their language or it's not resonating. That's not what they need. I'm going to go back. Yeah. Or I'm just not really sold in it myself. So it's really hard for me to sell other people on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so now say they're they're testing it out. They're, they're like, okay, I want to kind of focus on these people. What do they do next? Because this is always the, I don't know where to start. Because there's so much out there. Because even if you're following anybody on Instagram that's doing something of what you want to be doing, or you're going on Pinterest, you're bombarded with start here, create this, do this. And then it's like, you don't do anything because you're like, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing I would always say, and I, you know, I need to do this at the moment. I, to, I do this regularly within my business, but I need to, to sit down and cut the noise. So I maybe break it down into like three or four main things. So I might think, okay, mindset, kind of personal development. That's one area of my life and my business. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is my big strategy, like my big marketing push. So I'm going to have that as a category. I have, I don't know, creating a course as a category. And I'm going to have like general business tips. And I will probably find two voices maximum, maybe three in those categories. And they are the only people I will follow. And they're the only people I will listen to. And then you'll find yourself signing up for other opt-ins and your email box starts expanding. And then I go back, okay, what is my list? And it will change. You know, you'll update it as you grow. But who are the voices? Who do I respect? Who's doing things in a way that I, I want to, you know, I, I would like to emulate? Um, you know, who makes sense to me? Because people, you know, there's a thousand different ways to work in a mindset. But who are the people that really resonate with me? Um, and I will just focus on them and I will cut the rest of it. I will focus on only those strategies um, and only that way of doing things and sort of, you know, recreate that and sort of tweak it for my own business, do it for a while, six months, and then I might review it 
and, and sort of start it again. So first of all, I always say to anyone I start working with, just cut cut your inbox, cut the noise, you know, that kind of thing, just to cut that overwhelm. I love that tip because noise is it's so hard to get rid of the noise. I know. You're scrolling. You're scrolling, you see all these people. But I love that tip, and I never thought about that. Now I'm doing that this weekend. Is yeah. Okay for Pinterest, who am I following for the tips? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For mindset, who am I following? Um, yeah, business strategy, who am I following? Like, yeah, because there's always that temptation, and I feel it as well, that there is an answer. You feel like there is this key, this answer that will unlock everything in my business and everything I want to achieve and if I don't carry on kind of finding new people and new ways of doing things then I might miss the one key but the thing is there isn't that's the point if you look at like the number of businesses out there there is not a single business that is run in the same way um some will be quite similar but you know they're not done the same way so yeah yeah there is no answer which is slightly frustrating but then if there was everyone would be doing it and everyone's business would be exactly the same. That's so like you hit the nail on the head because that's exactly what I mean. I find myself doing like there has to be. I know somebody's going to have the strategy that's going to work. But you bring up a, up a good point. Everybody has a different strategy because they all have a different. They're talking to totally different people. Even if it seems like their audience is your audience, they're yeah. not because the people that are going to resonate with them are totally different people that are going to resonate with you. And so you've got to just focus on the people you're meant to serve and what their needs are. And yeah. even though somebody else has a similar business and they're doing it a certain way, may not work for one, the way you want it and the way your people need to hear it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday about this, that, um, that there's very few unique businesses in the world anymore. Unless you're doing like an invention or something, there, there's, there's, you're pretty much guaranteed there's someone out there doing the same, offering the same service or the product that you are. So the reason someone will buy from you is because of you. So that's so when you start trying to hide who you are by someone behind someone else's voice or strategy or way of doing things or style or anything, that's when you, you don't um, connect with your audience because they've come to you for a reason. They've come to you. It's like if I was sitting here saying like, y'all all the time it just wouldn't work with me because <laughs> well, you'd say that you know, that's cute <laughs> y'all I just can't say it. it doesn't work it's not me but it's you so if I was saying that all the time in my copy it just wouldn't connect with my audience because I'd just be like mm, no I don't hear you that's not you but if you started talking like in a British accent it would you know what I mean it would be strange so it's it's about finding your own voice and your own place and being confident enough to be able to stand by that because that's what people are engaged with yeah yeah, that's so true. It really yeah. is about you being authentically you. Yeah. And people know as soon as you try and mimic it, like people pick up being like, there, when there were times I was looking at other people and how they were writing their emails, and then I tried to write my email that way, that's when I got the most unsubscribes from my email list. Yeah. That's when I noticed, like, I would just have five, 10 people unsubscribe when normally I have like one. And I was like, yeah. oh man, that's, and it didn't feel right to write it that way. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the danger is if you do it for too long, you lose who you are, not just in terms of what you put out there, but actually in yourself as well, because you're just so, you can't differentiate between who you are and all the information that you've kind of absorbed from the outside. Yeah. There are times, I'll be honest, like, you know, I love your activity of who are you going to follow and only follow those people because there have been times I've been following too many people and I lost months in my business because I had to stop everything to get back to me. And that's yeah. when I had to go back to the mindset work and do a lot of meditations and be like, 
I'm trying to do too many things and they don't feel right. And then I'd have to start over basically. And that's happened to probably about three times in the last like two years that I've had to be able to take months of just getting back to who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about, so now they have their niche. <laughs> they've limited who they're listening to. Yeah. What content is no content for me. It's, it's complicated because it's not just what comes and I'm, I'm a from your heart kind of person, but it has to kind of be both from your heart, what they need and be in the right place at the right time. Not at the right time, but be in the right place. that's right for you and your client. Yeah, exactly. So um, whenever I'm starting to kind of create a piece of content or I'm starting to think about a content strategy, the first thing I'll always think about is, like, what is my goal with that piece of content? So people quite often create or write or, you know, speak, or whatever it might be, record something without actually knowing what it is they want to achieve by the end of it. Um, and that can be different for different types of content. So, you know, are you, first of all, I think, you know, who am I targeting? So understanding your target market so you can write what they need. Um, then it's about, you know, what, how do they like to consume their content? So do they want it, you know, short, sharp? Do they want action points? You know, do they want stories? Do they want it in podcast form? You know, are they rushing around and listening to this when they're trying to get in like their 30 minute walk in the park in the morning? You know, are they listening to it in the car on the way to school? You know, how is it that they're actually consuming that content? And therefore you can start tweaking how you produce your content to fit in with that kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then I also like to know, you know, what is it? How do, how do I want them to feel as a result of, of consuming this content of mine? Do I want them to feel like relaxed? Is it about feeling informed? Is it feeling um, fired up and energized? Am I trying to get them to feel um, compelled to do something? You know, am I trying to get them to feel really um, sort of, I guess, upset about a situation? Am I trying to sort of get them into action? Um, so how do you want them to feel and what action do you want them to take? So essentially, before I even start creating my content, what is my call to action? So, you know, do I want them to buy off this? Is it just about informing them? Is it about sharing it? Is it about um, building just engagement? I'm not asking them to do anything else other than listen to me. Uh, so that for me forms the very first step when I'm creating any kind of content or content strategy is about what is it I want to achieve? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's again not just from the heart. You think you need and you they need to hear it, but it's it's what do they need and how do they need to consume it? Yeah. Um, and you're right. The bullet point bullet points are always great or numbers like these three tips or something like that. Yeah. Short, sweet. They can grab a pencil, write them down. Um, and I I think quickly like because I think. There's two things, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I know one of the biggest fears is selling. Mm-hmm. And in the new way of doing business, right? I feel like there's a new way and an old way, right? The old way was an ad in a newspaper, ad in yellow pages, sell, sell, sell. You want what I want, what I have. But now it's not. Now it's you're really giving them information they need. You're slowly starting to solve problems where they want to come back for more because you gave them tips that are working. But it's it's the action item in whatever it is, whether it's an Instagram post or it's a podcast or it's a um, a blog post, that there is a call to action because they they're not the way it works now is they consume it and they want to take little actions. They're not going to go buy your two three thousand dollar course or mm-hmm. your you know thousand dollar piece of artwork, <laughs> whatever, from just reading your blog. But it's a little action item, whether it's a journal reflection or they're opting in for a freebie or something that that's part of every piece of content 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the dangers, and I know I fall off this sometimes as well, is we, we can have incredible content, incredible actionable things that will really transform someone's life, mm-hmm. but we crowd it. So we crowd it with just too much information. Um, sorry, my fingers felt Um Just, yeah, too much information. So it's, uh, I always talk about trying to give your ideas and content space to breathe. So that's, it's about how you physically position it if you're writing something. Um, so that's like, you know, spaces, white space on the page. Um, but it's also, yeah, just trying to make sure that you're not giving too much. So you want to add value and it's not about holding back because you want to make them pay for things. It's about holding back slightly so that they actually can, can action and can access what it is that you're, you're delivering to them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, too much information is too much for people. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're consuming it usually on the go. Right. I mean, I even look at my things. Most people are reading my stuff on a phone or they're yeah. doing Pinterest on a phone or they're doing a, a podcast on the phone. Like they have seconds, basically they're mm-hmm. going to consume it and, and then go, that's it. They're going to go further into your website because they clicked on something else, so they download something, or they're gone. Puff a smoke, gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And that's when you start looking at bounce rates and all that kind of stuff to really get an understanding of how long people are kind of hanging around for and stuff. Yeah, and where they're going afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, for somebody starting out or new, uh, it's now narrowed down the noise. <laughs> they're just yeah. watching. They're just listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they know that they have to create a piece of content that is solving a problem, is something mm-hmm. that their audience, their niche needs. Um, how do they choose? So this is my biggest, this is my biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> how do they choose the platform to put the content yeah. on? Gosh, that's another I feel like I'm always talking about balance. It's another thing where you're looking at um what do you enjoy using? Because if you don't enjoy using the platform, then you won't keep up with it. it, it consistency is is everything in content. It's everything in business. It's like the most unsexy thing in the world, but it is literally what will make or break your business. Anything you do like once or twice just doesn't impact, especially on social media. So it's about what can you consistently keep up with without it being a real energy drain for you? What do you enjoy using? So if you personally always use Instagram, maybe that's something you can use in your business. Or if you're always using Pinterest, but not Facebook or you love Snapchat, but not this or whatever, then you know, start thinking, what do you like to use? Um, then I like to look at what, what is my natural voice? So am I, um, do I like to write? Do I like to, um, you know, am I very kind of visual? Do I like to um, do podcasts? What I feel most confident in doing? And isn't, because what you want to do is you don't want to end up trying to create content, but the method, method that you, you're doing it in stops you doing it. So if you, you're saying I'm going to do videos but actually you really hate 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 appearing in front of camera and it takes you like an hour to get ready for it whatever it is then it's always going to be an excuse then not to do it so find something that feels natural to you find a platform that you like to use and then it's about thinking so I know who my target market is because you've done that kind of work are they there you know and generally they are um people you can pretty much find your target market on any platform yep um but just check you know are they there are they engaging with kind of this, the sort of content I produce on these kind of platforms. Um, yeah, if they're like 80 years old, most likely they're not on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, for me, I, Pinterest is my absolute natural platform because I love it personally. Um, I, I love the way it works. I love the fact that it's very visual. Like I love visual stuff. I love Canva, that kind of thing. So for me, it works perfectly. But for other people, they just, 
they don't like they just don't like how it works they like that it, they don't like that it's not a social platform it's actually a search engine so yeah 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 and the other thing with you know there's so many platforms to choose from but even like within a platform like instagram for instance you have posts you have igtv and you have lives and you have and you have stories so you might yes. love instagram but you really only want to use it for igtv you know or uh pinterest now is getting to the point where you can do videos on there and you can yeah. post videos which i actually love that um so you know maybe you do videos and now you and you love pinterest now you can marry the two together yes. and you can upload to that and you can probably put it on youtube because that's how you have to get it to pinterest but whatever but you can do multi-platforms yeah. too which is the other thing like this for instance as a podcast is going to be on itunes spotify google play stitcher but it's also on the blog as a video so there's two places mm -hmm. and i write up a blog about it so there's actually two places that it yeah, which is a perfect example of repurposing your content, yes. which is another huge thing. Just otherwise, you're just this content machine, and it gets exhausting. You know, you have to use what you've created. Yeah, and that that's a good point because that took me a long time to understand as well. Is that say you write a blog, um, you can use snippets of that blog as Instagram posts for like a week, <laughs> or a Facebook post for a week. You could take yeah. clips of it and make it an IGTV. I mean. Mm -hmm. you, you can you can take quotes from it that you said something like amazing and you put it on as a quote you can yeah. um send it out to your email list you can see so yeah i mean generally most people once they get into a rhythm and they feel established as an entrepreneur they they tend to um produce one main piece of content a week it's generally how you will do it and then it just starts getting repurposed across different platforms and if you think about that that's 52 pieces of content in a year. That's it. 365 days, 52 pieces. And then you just take and you spread it. And the thing is, again, going back to your audience, they're not consuming in big, massive bursts. So, yeah. and they're not in every single place. So if you do a YouTube video, there's only a small percentage on YouTube. You put a little bit on Instagram, you're hitting another group of yours, Pinterest, yeah. another group. So you're kind of one piece of content, not overdoing it, and then an audience and all over the place is seeing it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's so true because I think people get really worried that they're just, like, they're getting really repetitive. But unless someone's, like, truly, like, a massive fan, in which case they just won't care, they won't see yeah. every for that whole week. But actually... Oh, oh sorry, again, you froze for a second. Oh, sorry. So I was just saying, basically, that you feel like you're being very repetitive, but unless someone's like a massive fan of yours, they're not going to see everything. You know, they're not going to be seeing your content in all the different places. Yeah. Yeah. That's because it. they'll have their favorite platforms and yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, that was, that took me a long time to get over and understand. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I can't use it everywhere. They're going to be like, it's repetitive. And then I looked at, then I actually compared my followers and, I, and different platforms and I'm like, oh, they're not the same people. It's fine. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else do they need to know? So now we've now Daniel had to make 52 <laughs> pieces of content yeah. here. You choose what platform is best for you and for your clients or your potential clients. Yeah. So, and I, I do, that was actually one of the IGTV's videos I created today about just be in one place. And I did this wrong because when I started out, I was following too many people and 
And I didn't know that they had their own team of staff that some did Pinterest, some did Instagram, some did Facebook. So I'm like, I got to be everywhere as a one woman show. And now I'm to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I narrow this down? I'm everywhere. But really starting out, just forget the rest. Just choose one and do it well. Because as you said before, you're, you're, Clients are going to be everywhere. There's how many millions of people on Pinterest? How many millions of people on Instagram? You mm-hmm. don't even need a percentage of that. So they're there in some capacity. So yeah. focus fully on that. So they focus on that content. What's the next piece after they created it? So um, I've got a sort of a an ebook that I'm sure I can I can give yeah. you guys as well, which basically takes you kind of how I structure like any piece of content. Um, mm-hmm. So that sort of takes you through kind of, you know, writing your headline, um, doing like a bit of an introduction, making sure that you kind of deliver the content in a really kind of accessible way. For me, the big bit that often gets missed because, you know, you know what it's like. You create the content. You're like, woo, it's done. Amazing. Finish the line, writing the last sentence. I'm done. But actually, the big bit is the review bit. That's the bit that will really elevate what it is that you're creating. Um, That's what will make sure it's on brand, it's useful, it establishes you as an expert. Um, so I always like to leave um, time aside, um, separate from when I create the content to actually review it. Because once you've just created it, it's just not the best time sometimes to dive straight back in and start making changes. And so I like to just give a little bit of room. So I'll create it. Usually I create on a Monday. I'll then review on a Tuesday um, and sort of do all the other bits and bobs around graphics and that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, review is around, um, there's all sorts of different things you can do, but it's looking at, A, is it structured well? So have the ideas got room to breathe? Then I like to look at, um, you know, is it written in a way that's uh, my own voice? So, you know, is it in my, is it in my own language? Um, is it too formal? You know, you don't want to be using, you know, try and use abbreviations, try and make it conversational. Um, unless you're writing like a really kind of dry academic piece. There isn't really any need um, for to, you know to, to be too formal. So, you know, is it conversational? Um, and then I also like to look at you know is it full of personality? So the way I like to kind of look at some of these things is to read it out loud. So if I'm creating a blog post or um, you know posts for social media or emails, whatever, I like to say it out loud because then as soon as you start saying it, you can hear things that don't sound right coming out of your own mouth. Um, so that will help you to really make sure it's that authentic, engaging content. That's a great tip. I, when I read stuff back, like my emails, I'll be like, oh, I need to abbreviate that word because that's just so silly like that. Yeah. I definitely can't claim it as my own tip, but it was one I got from a journalist friend. (laughs) I was taught the fewer words, the better. So if you can combine more and more words, that's easier for somebody to read. Yes. So cut, cut again, cut again until you... If you did one more cut, you'd lose a sense of what you're trying to say. Yeah. 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 That's great. That great tip there. Read it out loud. Yeah. yeah. So that for me is the big bit that will add the value is the review, you know, and when you're reviewing it, look at your goals. You know, have I, have I created the feeling that I want to create in my target market when I'm, when I'm through this content, you know, have I put my call to action in really clearly and, you know, is it sort of very obvious what I want them to do? You know, is their personality in my call to action? You know, all these kind of things. Review it against your goal or have you hit that goal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't do well with the review part, but I can see. How yeah. 
difficult. It is difficult because sometimes people kind of that's sometimes when the perfectionist thing can kind of trip you up a little bit because quite often you used to create it and then you're just like I'm just gonna press I'm just gonna press publish or whatever um and if you review it too much you can hold yourself back from doing it so if you have a tendency to want it to be perfect maybe just start trying to get it out without doing too much of a review initially but when you get more comfortable about sort of the producing of the content then start to review it and try and make you know, tighten it up a little bit well and you can also wait to see how your analytics do after a few weeks yes. and then go back and say, okay, what might be wrong with it? That, yeah. And then you're in a different head space. You've created it a while ago mm-hmm. and that's where you might know how to tweak it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But it, it, it sounds like a lot. Um, but after a while you'll find it just comes really naturally. Uh, when you're doing this when you're in touch with your voice your natural voice which I bang on about all the time when you're in touch with that you're in touch with what it is. when you really understand what your clients want the content flows a lot easier mm-hmm. once you start to hear their words and what their yeah. struggles are and you're listening mm-hmm. um yeah. then you can just pull out every time somebody's like oh I'm struggling with this right now like blog post <laughs> yeah, I wrote about this and it builds up very quickly that's the thing as well and and it can be quite um I guess demoralizing to start with because you feel like you're just talking to a void. You know, you will, it will take time for people to start engaging with the content, to start reading it, to start seeing the, you know, the views go up, the analytics, the, you know, whatever it is that you're doing with it. Um, so just keep going. You know, you will be, uh, you're creating a body of work that represents you and your business and your value. So that's never lost. That's never a waste. Um, but you'll also be surprised by how many people um, will be sort of touched by what you're creating as well without you even knowing it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, there, how many people, do, I mean, think about how many things you read and you don't comment or post and it, yet yeah. it resonated with you or you didn't like it or whatever, exactly. you don't press like. So I want to step back for a second because I'm thinking of some of the new entrepreneurs I've worked with. Like, again, terminology so new to them. This is all new. Yeah. You know, a lot of, you know, the newer new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, they're first thinking, I need to get a website up, put my pr- sp- uh, prices on there and my services. And then I just drive people to the website and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a a missing piece of why, even like if you own a brick and mortar or you're a creative that's writing a book or does artwork, why is it so important to create content in order for people to find you? Yes. I mean, that I think goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning and the content, it is your value. It is your way to get your value out of your head and into the world. Um, So it's, Whatever you're doing, unless people can, it's very rare people just to kind of come to your website and just buy something because it's what they want. You know, you get that more in product businesses, I guess, but less so now. People want more of an experience when they buy something um, with products. So it, it does apply to products as well, but they, they need to understand who you are, what you're about, whether they like what you're about, uh, and, and the way to do, and, you know, are you good at what you're saying you're good at? Um, and the way to do that is, is through your content. Okay. like sh- even sharing your story even sharing your journey your why yeah yeah absolutely um a, a massive book i'd recommend um which i think i've probably talked to i've been going on about it loads recently is um building a story brand by donald miller if you're just starting out i wish i'd read it when i was starting out <laughs> many years ago it is an incredible book and it's all about um putting your customer central in your business which i think so many of us kind of forget we make ourselves the center of our business you know you go to our 
our website and it's all about my experience and I, I need to change mine at the moment it needs updating because I feel like that's very much what I do as well but it's you know my content is all about me what why I'm qualified to do what I'm doing why I'm justifying why I'm doing what I'm doing um but actually they don't want that people want to know what it means to them you know that's just human nature we want to be at the center of whatever it is that we're doing and our lives are the most important lives to us and yes, we want to be reassured that you know what you're talking about. But actually, the main thing we want to be reassured about is can I, can I get the transformation and the value out of this that other people have? And will it create the results I want in my own life? That's what customers want to know more than, you know, you went to university here or you did this or you've got this amount of experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you help me specifically? Yeah. Can I get what I need from you? Yeah. Or am I going to be the one person who can't get the results that you promised? That's a big fear in a lot of clients. Yeah. Yeah. You read the testimonials and you're thinking, oh, that's great for them. But what about me? Yes. Yeah, exactly. What if I'm the exception? Yeah. So your content is a way to reassure them almost that this is something they can do step by step with your help. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And they build a relationship. They get to know you. Yeah, exactly. Stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Great. That's so much information. <laughs> I was just thinking back to the point you made about how just have a few points and make them very accessible. And I think possibly um, I should have taken my own advice with this podcast. It's, there is a lot of information in there, but I think it's um, if you take nothing else away, it's just about understanding the importance of content and being very intentional about why you're creating what you're creating. Those are the two big things. And then, you know, finding a voice in your platform. So that all comes with experience. But if you can go away knowing why you're doing what you're doing and what the purpose of your content is in this particular moment, then that's a really positive thing. Yeah. I love it. That's great. Thank you so much. No problem at all. It's been brilliant. I love chatting. Business brings out the geek in me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're really, I mean, again, it's, you're so overwhelming when you're starting out. It is even new, even if you've only been in business a year or two, I'm still, I'm in, how many years in business? And I'm like, I feel like I'm like, how did I not know this stuff? It's because I was following all the noise and I was following people, but I wasn't learning. Mm -hmm. I wasn't learning the reasoning behind everything. Um, I was just, just do it. I got to make something work. Something's got to (laughs) stick. But when you're strategic about it, then you don't have to be like, I got to try everything to see what sticks. You're like, oh, I'm just going to focus on this. And this is this is going to take me further than trying to do everything. Yeah. And it's making sure that strategy and the thing you're focusing on is right for you as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, I mean, I've worked with so many different businesses over the years, duplicate types of businesses, you know, multiple dog walkers, gardening businesses, coaches and so on. And they're all done in different ways because every individual running the business is different. So that's that's the thing to remember is what will work for you. Because if it doesn't work for you, you won't do it consistently. And if you don't do it consistently, then, you know, you might as well not do it at all, really. I'm reading uh, Denise Duffel Thomas's Chillpreneur book, which I highly uh, recommend for every uh, single entrepreneur. If you're thinking of starting a business, I, this is like the book I will recommend. But she talked yeah. about how people like you should start a mastermind. She's like, mm, I that's not my, that doesn't feel good to me. That's not what I want my business to be. That's not, she even talked about how she, she started selling products. She was like smelling, selling yeah. photos and bathing suits with, uh, I guess, lucky bitch on it, which is her, you know, her yeah. thing. Um, and she's like, 
no, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not work. in the business to sell products. And she yeah. chose her one course. Like, that's it. Like, she has her one course, and that's her thing. And even though everybody else is doing the membership sites and all the things, she's mm. she's how, how successful, but she stayed true to what was best that worked for her and her customers yeah. and what they wanted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely a very inspirational entrepreneur. She's very open as well, which I love on her blogs and so on about how she got started and her numbers. And so if you ever want to know, sort of, I think she sold, I want to say 14. From an email list of like 2,500 or something, right? Yeah, something like that. I think I put I posted that recently. So she, I mean, she started off as everyone else starts off. You know, we're looking at her now and we just think, oh, I could never get there. But, you know, she started with 14 people scraping to get 14 sales from, from 20, you know, a list of 2,500. Yeah. And she started how many years ago to grow it to now? I mean, it took yeah. years. We just don't see... When you're looking at all the successful entrepreneurs doing what you want to do, you you, you missed the first 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, so true. You miss them trying to work out when they can leave their job, when they've got enough income, when, you know, what to do, what platform to be on, you know, that you miss all that. Yeah. I look at Marie Forleo, who's, who basically everything she's ever done was for free. All her YouTube videos, even Marie TV, which is her TV show, her, you know, <laughs> It's free. The only, and then she's created her school, and yeah. that's how. And she only has like one product, I think, and Copy Cure. But like, that's it. Everything does. Yeah. Her content. Her content is specifically her videos. That is yeah. all she does. It gets turned into a written blog, but it's video. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing because she knows her natural voice. She knows how she comes across well. She repurposes it well. So that's. I mean, there are classic examples of people who do that. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, this was so good. Thank you so much. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. I've had a great time. Yeah, me too. Thank you all for um, for joining us. And Helen, you had a resource that we're going to put in the description and in the blog. Uh, so we'll link to that and that'll definitely help you all get started. little checklist on what you need to do to create your content. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you all. Amazing. Thank you. Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to join the True Joy Inner Circle, where you'll receive weekly insights, inspiration, and resources right to your inbox. The Inner Circle is where you'll receive VIP access and special discounts to masterclasses, webinars, and new materials, all to help you go from aspiring entrepreneur to thriving entrepreneur. So pop over to truejoyexperience.com forward slash inner circle and join this exclusive society. I look forward to seeing you in there.